Greet your neighbor, Emmanuel. Give your neighbor a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give your other neighbor a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give the neighbor behind you a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give the neighbor in front of you a handshake, say Emmanuel. And greet the viewers all over the world on Emmanuel TV, Emmanuel. God is with us. Tell your neighbor, Happy New Year. Give your neighbor a handshake, say Happy New Year. Say Happy New Year. Yes, you may have your seats in the presence of God. What a wonderful privilege to be here in the presence of God, the very first Sunday of the new year, 2019. My name is uh, Brother Chris. I first and foremost want to give thanks to Jesus Christ for the life of his servant, Prophet T.B. Joshua. I am just one of the millions of beneficiaries of God's grace in the life of Prophet T.B. Joshua, and it's a humbling experience to stand here in your midst to be able to share with you the life-changing Word of God. And I pray that this Word will find a place in your hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, it's 2019. <laughs> congratulations. Tell your neighbor, congratulations. We know it's by God's grace that we've entered the new year. And the New Year period is a very important period, not just to, to celebrate and to thank God and to rejoice. It's also an opportunity for reflection on the outgoing year and preparation for the year ahead. Because examining our lives is a good thing. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, examining our lives is a good thing. Prophet T.B. Joshua says that Few things are more dangerous than a person with an unexamined life. So this is an opportunity to examine ourselves in the light of God's Word. The results of our self-examination will determine the kind of person we are. So once again, brethren, this first Sunday of the new year, we want to use this as an opportunity to reflect, to examine ourselves in the lights of God's word. If, if you sincerely examine yourself, tell your neighbor sincerely. Tell your neighbor sincerely. The word sincerely is very important, okay? Because men look at our actions, but Jesus looks at the motive behind our actions. So it's not just about examination for the sake of tradition or the sake that is the new year, it must be sincere. If we sincerely examine ourselves, I believe that the results of our reflection will lead us to the conclusion that enough is enough. What do I mean by this? What I mean is very simple. This year, 2019, if you want to be a Christian, be a Christian. Enough is enough 
to church attendance without real repentance. Enough is enough to the word of prayer in our mouth without the word of God in our hearts. Enough is enough to lip service without life service. Tell your neighbor, enough is enough. Say, enough is enough. People of God, enough is enough to the religion of words without corresponding action flowing from relationship. Enough is enough for us to come to church on Sunday to be moved, motivated, inspired in the service, in the sermon, but then fall back into our bad habits on Monday. Succumb to our senses on Tuesday. Wallow in our weaknesses on Wednesday. Enough is enough. We can't continue like this. Enough is enough for us appeasing man and at the same time claiming that we're trying to please God. For how long will we continue to warm the seats in our churches? For how long? Coming to church just, just to sit to be seen, to talk to be heard, to walk to be noticed, to give to be praised. When Jesus, the head of the church, looks at the motive behind your actions. Tell your neighbor, enough is enough. Do you know the reason why I, I'm talking about this today? Because time is running. The clock is ticking. Destiny is waiting. You see what's happening in this fast-paced world? Who can imagine we're in 2019? Everything seems to be going so fast, so soon. It felt like just yesterday it was the new millennium, 2000. Now it's 2019. Next year, 2020. Time is running. Time is moving. Time is moving. What are you doing? We cannot afford to remain the same. Tell your neighbor, I cannot afford to remain the same 2019 is a time for us to end this pretense, to stop this charade, to get God's opinion of ourselves and others, to know who we are in Christ, because many of us still do not know who we really are. And this will bring us to the title of today's message, Identity Crisis. Turn to your neighbor, say, neighbor, if you want to be a Christian, be a Christian. But, say, but, it is nonsense, it is nonsense to confess Jesus and behave in a contrary manner. Now, let's turn in our Bibles to the book of First. Thessalonians, which is the proof text for today's message. First Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm going to read from verses 3 to 6. This is Apostle Paul speaking. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God 
to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, God tests my hearts to reward me. Say, neighbor, God tests my hearts to give me according to my efforts. So take care of your hearts. Verse five, you know we never used flattery, nor, now take note of this, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness, verse six. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Many people today put on a mask to cover up because they're more interested in pleasing people than pleasing God. This leads to an identity crisis. What do I mean by this? Identity crisis. We don't know who we are. Our standards are oftentimes set by our environments. Our stand as Christians seems to be shifting according to our circumstance. When you're in a certain environment, there's things you can say and do and behave in this way. When you go to another environment, you behave in a different way. What's going on? Identity crisis. And we need to put an end to this. Let, let, me, let me just quickly try and show you the fallacy of identity crisis. Okay, sir, good morning, sir. How are you, sir? What's your name, sir? Hilary. Hilary, my name is Chris. Good to meet you, Hilary. Good morning, madam. What's your name? Eulali. Eladi, wonderful. My name is Stephen. Good to meet you. Hello, sir. What's your name, sir? Gabriel. Gabriel. Gabriel, my name is Chukwemeka. Oh, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, sir. My name is Tony Craig. What's going on? I just introduced myself to four different people with different names. I'm Chris, I'm Stephen, I'm Chukwemeka. Identity crisis. But try, try to paraphrase this and look at this in terms of our daily life. So many of us behave in a certain way when we're with certain people, perhaps we're in the church, we know how to behave when we're in the church, when we go to a different environment and we move with different people, we behave in a different way. Trying to please God today, please man tomorrow. Please God Sunday, please man. Identity crisis. Tell your neighbor, stop that nonsense. Tell your neighbor, stop that nonsense. Now. Can I quickly get two volunteers, please, just from here? Two volunteers, don't worry, it's a very simple. Can come out. Madame will come out. Okay, sir, thank you so much. Okay, sir. Madame, come out. This is a very, very easy example to follow, okay? Madame, you are going to represent God. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, so help me come and stand just here. And you'll be facing this way. Sir, come with me. 
Let's go all the way over here. All right, sir, thank you very much. Turn around. Now, sir, I'm very sorry. You are going to represent the opposites of God. <laughs> who, who, who is the opposites of God? Satan. Uh, you are the one that said it to annoy me. Okay, <laughs> I'm not saying he's Satan, no, he's not Satan, but for this example, you're going <laughs> to represent Satan. Don't, don't worry, you don't have to do anything, just look, look evil. All right, now, as Christians, we're on a journey. Tell your neighbor a journey. Our journey is a journey of faith. Learning more about Jesus, knowing more about Jesus, becoming stronger in our battle with temptation, pushing ahead and telling the lost about Jesus. It's a journey we're on. And faith is our movement towards God. We're not supposed to be looking in this direction. We're supposed to be on this journey towards God, understanding more about Him, drawing closer to Him, being more sensitive to His voice. That is the journey we're on. Dying to sin more and more, living to righteousness more and more. Dying to pride more and more, living to humility more and more. That is supposed to be our Christian journey. But what many people are doing today, identity crisis. One moment, we're looking towards God. We're doing the right thing. We're worshiping Him. We're doing what is His will. The next moment, we're going towards the world, trying to identify ourselves with the ways of the world trying to compare ourselves with others. Then we come back to our senses. Maybe we come to church on Sunday. We turn around again. We move this way. Go towards God. What will happen if you continue to go around in circles? This is what many of us are doing. God today, the world tomorrow. God today, the world tomorrow. God here, the world there. What will happen? Headache. And at the end of the day, our age is increasing but our spiritual life remains stagnant. Each time you act on the word of God, something enters your spirits that increases your assurance. I am a child of God. On the contrary, each time you act Outside the word, something enters your spirits that increases your doubts. Does God really love me? Is this plan for me really true? Are you sure he can do it? Each time that we give in to greed or, or we succumb to selfish desires or we, we let lust lead or we, we begin to feed on the poison of envy, drink the, the poison of jealousy, what happens? Something enters our spirits that causes us to question our sonship, doubt who we are. We start that journey towards the world. Remember, when I, when I talk about Satan, this world is under Satan's control. By trying to identify ourselves with the ways of the world, we find ourselves moving steadily in the wrong direction. And as the closer we get, the more we doubt who we are in Christ, the more our identity crisis increases because we don't know who we are. And some of us, what we try and do, we say, oh, let, me, let me sit on the fence. Let me try and get the best of both worlds. I don't want to offend people. I don't want to offend God. Let me just try and sit on the fence. We try, we try and sit, sit on the fence. But what you don't realize, people of God, is that anytime you try and sit on the fence, 
If you think you are sitting on the fence, you have already fallen off. There's confusion because we're trying to go towards God, please God, then back to the world, back to God. In 2019, this must end. Let me just tell you a, a strange mystery. I don't, it's, it's, it's difficult to comprehend. The scriptures tell us that as Christians, we are in the world, but we are not parts of them. Why then do we use the standard or the yardstick of the world to measure who we are? You, 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 you think you've made it when you have money? You think you've made it when you have popularity? You think you've made it when you have fame? We're Christians. These aren't the things that we use to determine our, our genuineness. It's not external resources, it's internal resources. Do you know what identifies you as a Christian? Peace of conscience, ease of hearts, internal joy, freedom from fear, assurance of life, security of God's presence. These are the qualities that make us Christians. And you see men of God with the biggest congregation, that is not a test to our genuineness. You say you have this X amount of branches or you have Y amounts of this and you have so much money and you showcase your cars and this and that. Why are we using the yardstick of the world to measure who we are in Christ? Identity crisis. Thank you very much, Mr. Opposites of God. Come, come and take an altar fruit to compensate. Thank you very much, madam. You did a very godly job there. So come and take an altar fruit <laughs> to compensate. Thank you very much. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say, people of God. I hope you can relate with what I'm... Wow. She is God. We cannot question her. Take it, madam. It is yours. Okay? Let me tell you the danger of identifying yourself using the world and the standards of the world as a yardstick. Do you know that if you identify yourself through the world, you can never be content? Because the standards of the world can never be met. The criteria of the world can never be fulfilled. No matter how gifted you are, look around, there's someone more gifted than you. No matter how beautiful you are, you have beauty, handsomeness, appearance. Look around, there's someone more beautiful than you. No matter how intelligent, smart you are, just look around. You'll find someone smarter than you. You will continue to compare yourself with others, striving to please people that cannot be satisfied. That's why we should be careful with who we celebrate. You see today the world lifting up and celebrating the celebrities, stars, movie actors, musicians. Look, before you celebrate them, look behind the scenes. Go, go beyond the makeup. Look, look past the glitz and the glamour and then ask yourself if you really want to idolize these people. I want to tell you something today. If you see anyone who is great, 
in the eyes of the world without God's character. Don't admire them. Pray for them. You, you see someone that's great, excelling in their natural gifts without God's character. Don't envy them. Don't compare yourself with them. Don't say, I want to be like them. Pray for them. Because the beginner is not the owner, but the finisher. But let me share with you a word of wisdom that Prophet T.B. Joshua imparted onto my life. And I, I thank God daily for the grace to be under the mentorship of someone like Prophet T.B. Joshua. He said, and I remember it so vividly, he said, look, don't let your gift go to your head. Don't let your talents deceive you. Gift begins, character finishes. I hope you understand what I'm saying, brethren. Don't be carried away by your skill, your talents, your gifts. Gift begins, character finishes. If you see someone who is great without God's character, check the end. Your exits will be remembered longer than your entry. My gift, your gift does not identify who you are. You are not who you are because of your gifts, your external natural gift, no. Your identity lies in the giver of your gift. Your identity lies in the owner of your gift. Your identity lies in the source of your gift, Jesus. Therefore, celebrate Jesus in your gift. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. Celebrate Jesus in your gift. I'm not trying to tell you that you should not Exercise your gift and your talent, your skill. Yes, of course you could, but many people are gifted today and they're using it for the world. Gifted by God and using it for the world. So celebrate Jesus in your gift because your, your identity is not found in, in your appearance. My appearance does not define who I am. My possessions, my position, my money does not define who I am. If, if, you, if you think your money defines who you are, you will want to get money at all costs, no matter the cost. You're ready to steal, kill, destroy just to get money. And if you think money defines you, money will defile you. You think your appearance defines you. Our appearance does not define us. Our appearance is just, just the shell. Just the shell. Real me, true me lies in the hearts. You see people today spending so much money on their appearance. You see people that are fair, they want to look darker. People that are dark, they want to look fairer. What's going on? What's going on? Instead of us to be content with the way God created us. You want to add something here. You see people today go for surgery, they add something here, they add something here. What's going on? <laughs> Fake here, fake here, fake here. There's so much fake and you wonder why your life is fake. <laughs> your appearance, look, I'm not saying don't care for your appearance. Look after your appearance, but your appearance does not define who you are. Your possessions do not define who you are. Your money, position, wealth, fame, gifts do not define who you are. Let me tell you, brethren, you are what God says you are.
You have what God says you have. You can do what God says you can do. That forms your identity. How do we know Christians? Christians have joy in the efforts, whatever the results, because our worth comes from God. Say after me this prayer. Say, Lord, give me joy in the efforts, whatever the results, because my worth, my identity, my value comes from you. As Christians, we have joy irrespective of the, of the results. Whether our prayers are answered or not, I have joy as a Christian. Whether I experience the rewards of my efforts or not, I have joy as a Christian. My peace is not conditioned by my circumstance. Come rain, come shine, I have peace. Whether I, I eat salad or bitter leaf, I have peace. Um, that's Christianity. My life is not built by what people say about me. People may say this, people may say that. The same people that said, hallelujah, hosanna, are the same people that said, crucify him. Whether they praise me or condemn me, that does not define who I am. My life is not built on what people say. My life is not built on people's opinions. My life is not built on what the world says, the world's standards, the society's standards. No! I am what God says I am. Until you can settle this truth in your hearts, you will continue to have identity crisis. Trying to run up and down, please man, please, please, please money, please materials, please possession, please position. And at the same time, what are you doing? You're displeasing your destiny. Robbing yourself of the opportunity to become who God has destined you to be in this world. So brethren, I don't know what you're facing, viewers all over the world. Perhaps you've been told you're not good enough, you'll never make it, you're not smart enough, you're not beautiful enough, you're not handsome enough, you're not gifted or talented enough. Perhaps you've been told that you'll never make it, you're destined for failure. Let me tell you that that is nothing more than a lie from the devil, a lie from the pits of hell. Stop listening to the lies of the world and start turning to the truth of God's word. Whatever situation you face, God has the answer. Look, if you're troubled today, you're troubled, you're facing trouble. God says to you in Isaiah 43 verse two, that when you pass through the water, he is with you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. That's what the scriptures say. If you're, you're feeling alone today and lonely, the Bible says in that book of Psalm 139 from verse five to seven, it says, he hems you in around and before. Where can you go from his presence? Where can you flee from his spirits? He's with you. If you're feeling afraid or lost today, what does God say? God says to you in that book of Psalm 23 verse four, that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with you. If you're sick today, God says to you in Isaiah 53 verse five, that by his wounds you are healed. If you're weak today, God says to you in Psalm 27 verse one, that he is the strength of your life, your light and salvation. If you're feeling defeated today, God says to you in Romans eight verse 37, that you are more than a conqueror through Christ. 
If you once felt close to God, you're now feeling distance. God says to you in Romans 8 verse 39, that nothing, I repeat, nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You're facing lack or want today. God says to you in Philippians 4 verse 19 that he will supply all of your needs according to the glory of his riches in Christ Jesus. If you think that your problem has finished you, your circumstance has ended you, your trouble has finished you, God says to you in John chapter 19 verse 30 that it is finished. God before you, who can be against you? If God before a nation, who can be against her? Why are we looking for identity in a world when it's available in Christ? In conclusion, brethren, let the Word of God become the database for your personal opinion. Let the Word of God become the database for your personal opinion. Whatever comes your way, go back to God. Whatever they say about me, I go back to God. Whatever temptation comes my way, back to God. Whatever happens, whatever comes, back to God and His Word. Because God and His Word can never fail. God's Word cannot fail. His promises are true. Word is going to say the same thing yesterday, today, forever. Remember who you are. You're a child of God. You're a new creation. You're a branch of the vine. You're an heir of God. You and Christ are one. He is the great supports of that one. Greater is he that is in you than all the forces of the adversary. You with God are the majority. You can never be conquered. You can never be defeated. You're a child of God. Never for a moment acknowledge that God's ability cannot see you through. Never for a moment doubt God's ability or desire to help you. Never. He's there to see you through whatever life brings. So brethren, I repeat once again, if you want to be a Christian, be a Christian. But it is nonsense to confess Jesus and still try to please the world. It is nonsense to confess Jesus and still be engaging in activities that don't glorify Him. It is nonsense to confess Jesus and yet behave in a different way when you're with different people or in a different environment. It's nonsense. Stop that nonsense. May God bless his word in the midst of our hearts in Jesus' name.